When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. How are we doing? Before I tell you how I'm doing, I just want to say, I wish you guys knew how many times I record these intros sometimes because I just, I sometimes I just can't get it right. You know, sometimes I sit down and in one take, I'm like, boom, fucking killed it. And then sometimes I have to record myself saying the same shit 17 times because I, I just like, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And today's one of those days. This is my third time. So let's see if we get it right. So, okay. Hi, how are we doing? I'm so excited for this episode. Um, really quick. I want to tell you guys something that I think, I feel like a lot of people are going to feel me on this. I just have a feeling, but you know, when you have like an appointment and like later in the day and you can't like fully think until that appointment is over and you can't like function at your full, beautiful capacity until that is over, even though that appointment is not like a life or death thing. It's like a simple, super simple thing that is probably going to go well and you're still just unable to focus. That is me today. So like I'm feeling anxious. It's 10 in the morning, Wednesday. What day is it today? Wednesday, April 14th. Wow, we're just flying through April, huh? Um, So yeah, I feel anxious because I have... <laughs> an appointment at 3 p.m. and it's gonna be like fine but for some reason I'm just that bitch that I won't like I just can't focus until that is over that's just how I've always been and it's so annoying and I think it's like a very unfortunate personality trait that I have I don't know if it's a personality trait or if it's like just my anxious tendency I don't know so anyway let me know if you feel me on that because it's honestly something I've like forever I've always like as far as I can remember I've always felt like this Ollie is also getting groomed today so like that's exciting we're going to a new place so that makes me a little nervous but um yeah he's just gonna look so handsome after I can't wait to photo shoot my beautiful boy afterwards anyway enough about me let's talk about this bomb ass conversation that I have for you I have the founders of YGB collective on the podcast today and we had such an incredible chat about working with your best friend they have been best friends for 23 years and just recently a few months ago started their business together and so we talk about that we talk about finding your why and your purpose if that is something that you feel like you haven't found yet and just like our personal journeys with that listen I'm giving up with the word journey okay it just is the perfect word to describe so many things I'm over it So yeah, we talk about that. We talk about the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, just so much. So I hope you guys are ready for a beautiful, emotional conversation, and I know you guys are going to love it. As always, please give me any and all the feedback. Let me know you're listening. Tag me in your stories. It makes my day. Tell me how your day is going. Honestly, like hit me up with whatever you want to tell me because I'm all ears. I love you guys and let's get into the conversation with Danielle Thompson and Danielle Gordon. I love that they're both Danielles, the battle of the Danielles, the beautiful founders of YGB Collective. Let's go. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Finally, we've been trying to do this for like, I don't know, months now. 
Um, okay, so I need a little intro, a quick little intro. Tell me your name. Your it's it's the Battle of the Daniels today. I think that's what I'm going to call the episode. Right? Yeah. Um, and then how you guys know each other. <laughs> cool. So I am Danielle T. I guess on Instagram we sort of go by our initials DT and DG. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, and we have been friends for twenty plus years. Oh. Our parents were friends. Yeah, before like. Her little sister was born, and so we've been in each other's lives for our entire lives. Um, and let's see, I am a mother, a beauty blogger, a small business owner. I wear a lot of hats. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my intro. I love it. Um, okay, I'm Danielle Gordon. I am a dancer, an artist, an interior designer. Um, a sister, a friend, oh, I love an that. Um, I have been, I don't know, I feel like all over. I just recently moved back to Florida I because of COVID, and I was in New York before, living on a cruise ship for a couple years before wow. that. So it's been a whirlwind of uh, the last five years of my life have been very dynamic. So it kind of feels very nice to be settled and be planting my roots where they kind of started. So I've come for a I love that. Welcome back to Florida. Um, So you guys started YGB Collective almost like what a few months ago, right? Like not not even it's not even a year old yet. Um, so I want to hear, no. obviously, for anybody who doesn't know what it is yet, like, give us the little spiel about it. And also, like, what, well, I want to get into, like, working with your best friend, because I think that's a, not like a taboo subject, but like, I think it can go one or two ways, you know, and obviously, it's going so well for you guys. So I want to hear just like your words of advice for somebody who might want to do that. Um, and just like mm-hmm. the why, like why this started. Of course. So we basically sat down and had this idea back in june right Mm -hmm. that was our our very first inception um and basically ygb stands for young gifted and black and we are a bi-monthly membership box which is basically a subscription box um and every other month you get a box of four to six full-size full-size products in the beauty wellness and lifestyle space And so we try to keep the boxes themed. Our first box was sort of self-care themed. The second box was wellness themed. Our third box, which we just shipped a couple of weeks ago, was um, a spring forward box. It was kind of fun. And we played with pastels and yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's the quick spiel on like what our business is. And it basically, it came out of basically the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement last year, we, you know, you saw, you could see on social media, it was like, it was way bigger than it ever has been in the past. Um, And, you know, there were a lot of Black businesses being amplified. And it sort of felt like, I felt like on my end that it was, it might have been like a short-lived movement, which it kind of feels like it has been already like short-lived and so we came up with this idea to like how can we make this a long-term thing where we are amplifying black businesses and also introducing a new audience to all of these wonderful like black artisans that we feature in our box yeah and even like when we tried to 
find Black-owned businesses that were of high quality and with a wide range of products, like we were running into roadblocks. So you'd have to do so much research to find some of these brands because they're in such niche markets or they're only marketing towards a local right. audience. So it was really hard for us as consumers to find Black-owned brands to support as individuals, as Black women. And our like YGB Collective wants to take that step away, wants to make finding Black-owned Facilitate brands, that. Discovering, yeah. yeah, just like making it so much easier for the consumer to one-stop shop. And yeah, you get to discover new goodies all the time. So I love it. Yeah. A huge part I of love it. And what, if, if there has been any kind of bumps in the road of working so closely with one of your literal best friends of life has there been anything like what what do you say to somebody who wants to start something like anything any endeavor with somebody they're very very close to I would say just like make sure you're on the same page from the get-go we were both like very aligned on our Mm -hmm. why and that drives us more and more every day. Danielle knows her strengths. I know my strengths and we play towards our strengths. Self-awareness. Like for me, social, yeah, just like social media is not my thing. Mm. Danielle has now come to the conclusion that like I cannot help her in So what are your, what are your strengths? My stuff is back of house. Okay. So I'm emailing all of our vendors, yeah, making sure that our product is ordered with enough time to make sure we get it before our box, inventory, making sure that we have enough product on hand. Um, yeah, email communication is like my Got number one thing for YGB. I send out the email blasts, like write up the blog posts, so much more back of house, whereas all of our socials is DT. Love that. I think that's literally the number one thing I would say is like have everything in writing and also know who's good at what because there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I, you're so much better at this than I am. You take the reins on that, right? But I feel like sometimes people's egos, I think, I've, I've been learning lately that like you're, there's a book by, what's his name? Oh, fuck. I should know this. He's so huge. I forget his last name. I'm sorry. Anyway, the book is called um, ego is your, your ego is the enemy. And it's mm-hmm. so true because I've been finding that out more and more lately is just that our egos get in the way of everything. Why am I being so dramatic about this? I'm just saying like someone's <laughs> ego could come in the way of like being like, listen, like you're so much better at this than I am. Like you take the reins on that or whatever it might be. So, I mean, it's, it's great that you guys like separated that, had those conversations. And I think ultimately the most important thing of starting anything, whether it's alone with your best friend, with whoever, is why are you doing it? Literally posted a TikTok this morning of like, oh, so you want to be an influencer? You want to be a content creator? Ask yourself why. Like, why are you doing this? Because there's so many shiny things in this like world. But when all that is taken away, like all you're left is like why you're doing it, right? So... I think that's like honestly the biggest thing and I think that's also something that when I when I have these episodes and we talk more about business people always ask me like I don't know what I want to do how do you find your passion how do you find your why and I think you know I would love to talk about this with you guys because I think personally I think you can have more than one why I don't think there's like there's only one thing that you're destined to do or one message that you're destined to send to people um but what would you guys say, and I know, Danielle, the first time we had an episode that never made it 
never saw the light of day because I had technical issues. Um, we talked about how you changed careers. Um, and so I would just love to hear what your guys' take is on finding something that fulfills you and how to do that, you know, if you're just lost or if you just can't find that yet. Yeah. Um, personally, like when we talked the first time, um, I was trying to become a lawyer. I went to school for political science. I had taken an LSAT. I like had um, worked at a law firm for tons of years. And then I just like, as the years went on, it was just like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because it's, you know, when people say you're a lawyer, oh, you're accomplished. Um, and I think we had a lot of, you know, both of us, Danielle and I have um, our first generation. Um, uh, like our parents came from Jamaica and they expected us to be these magnificent people, doctors, lawyers, you know, engineers, all of those, all of those job descriptions are put on a pedestal. And so, and it's, it's like, are we doing this for us or are we doing this because it sounds nice? And so I feel like I was lost for a few years and I was just like, this is not going to bring me any joy. It might bring me a lot of money, but is that like the end all be all? Um, and so I think it's, there's a lot of like self-reflection. There's a lot of like self-discovery, a lot of like, you know, you have to dabble in a lot of, in a few things before you say like, this is, oh, this could be something that I'm interested in, or this could be something that I could like make a career out of. And yeah, it took me, it took me years to figure that out and you know I'm gonna be 30 next year and like I'm finally I finally feel like comfortable in like what I'm doing you know and so like there's a path for everyone it's it's there's a lot of pressure for people to like do what their parents think that they should do and if it's if it's not gonna fulfill you then I just there's no there's no reason for it and and when we had this conversation, I don't, my memory is literally broken, so I don't remember if I said this to you. Um, but when we were talking about this, I think I told you, but um, when I was, when I was in high school and I was a senior, um, you know, my family and the men in my family were very uh, business oriented, right? So like my dad wanted me to go to an Ivy League school. He wanted me to pursue, you know, whether it was like business or potentially going to law school or whatever it might be and that was just of absolute no interest to me and when I was in when I was a senior you know I would look at people who knew exactly what they wanted to go to school for and I would feel not jealous but I would just be like fuck like I I don't know what I want to do like I have no clue whatsoever like I know what I like but I think like when I was a senior what I wanted to do didn't really have a place yet because what I wanted to do is some sort of what I'm doing right now, um, which is kind of like sharing my life online essentially, but in a way where it's like my message is deeper than like, let me show you my cappuccino of the day. You get what I'm saying? Um, it's stuff like this that makes it fulfilling for me. But, um, yeah, so I struggled with my dad because he just, I was like, I want to go to fashion school. And he was like, 
bitch, what? Like, Absolutely he was not. literally yeah. like, like, no, you fucking, are, no, you're not. Like, I was like, yeah. trust me, like, I'm going to kill it. Like, and he, it that to him was just bizarre, right? Because not only was he, you know, much older and, like, came from a completely different era, um, but this was this whole, like, fashion, social media, all this stuff, that was, like, not a thing yet. Like, it was just, I think, even starting. Like, Instagram wasn't even, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... And so I struggled so much with that because I wanted to make him happy and, and because he thought what I wanted to do was wrong, then I felt like it was wrong and then like, whatever. Bottom line is, I love that you said that you have to think about what you're doing, not not to please the people in your life because ultimately like they're not the ones that are going to be waking up in your body and doing the job. Like it's going to be you. And so in a way, like don't be afraid to like let people down because ultimately it'll come full circle if you if you then are happy and killing it, they're gonna be like, Oh wow, you were right. You know, like a few years after we had this conversation with my dad, he told my mom one day, like, she's gonna she's gonna do so well in whatever the hell is that she wants to do. You it know? is and she's doing um, it. <laughs> and so yeah, sorry for the tangent, but like love that you that you said that. No, absolutely. I think my story is almost the opposite. Since I was little, like, I've been dancing, and my dad in particular has always, always, always been like, like, I want, like, dance. Oh, Keep I dancing. love that. You're so good at it. You're so passionate about it. Like, never stop, never stop, never stop. And then when it came time for me to choose what college I was going to, he was very confused. He was like, are you sure? Like, you're going to have to take out a loan. You're going to be in debt. Like, is, are you sure this is what you want to do? You can take a gap year, like figure out what you want to do with your life, like move to California, start dancing, move to New York, start dancing. You don't have to go to college. You can figure it out along the way. Whereas my mom, much more traditional, she was like, no, you should go to college. Like go be like a physician's assistant or a physical therapist. You can work with dancers. You can work behind the scenes, but like secure the bag. Get right. The so you had like, like the two opposing views, literally. Yeah. Absolutely. And I went to college and honestly, it was the worst four years of my life. Oh, wow. Like, I, yeah, I hated it. I what did you go for? for me. Or what did you, the, what was your major? I started, I started out um, on the, uh, what is it? Physical therapy track. Okay. So I was taking lots of sciences. And then I, the semester before I signed up for my bio lab, they were like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to dissect a cadaver. And I was like, Fuck no. no. I can't do it. I would die. I'm out. This is not going to be me. a no from me. Yeah, I that's when I made my mind up and I was like I need to figure out what I want to yeah. do because like PT is not going to work for me. I don't really like that hands-on as far as like hands-on with other humans and surgery and blood, not yeah. me at all. Yeah. Um so that was a clear just like hard no for me, full body no. I switched majors to sport and event management because I was like, okay, I could work in the entertainment industry and figure out something with concerts or events, wedding planning, something. Graduated with that degree. Haven't touched it since. (laughs) And my first job out of college was I was working at Lululemon and they're super big on like defining your goals, finding your passion and really supporting like you as an individual, not just like, okay, sell our pants and make us money. So like having those goal workshops with my mentors and my managers really helped me narrow down that like, I still want to dance. I still want to dance. So I went to my first audition, flew out to LA, got cut immediately and was like, okay, this is going to be a lot more work than I even expected. Like I 
almost wasted my four best years in college because I was 18, 18 to 21 and like had the world at my feet. Now I'm a bit older and my body hasn't been in training like it was when I was in high school. Went to my second audition that was for Royal Caribbean and I got the gig. So I worked for Royal Caribbean for two years and it was amazing. I got to travel and meet so many people from around the world, which was awesome. And then after that ended, I was kind of left in the dark. Moved to New York, had to bounce around from job to job, got another dance contract, and then COVID happened. After that, I, again, was in limbo, like, what do I do with my career? What, like, dancing isn't happening? And that's kind of when YGB popped up, and that sparked a new passion. I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and do something for myself. Like, Danielle and I started a business when we were, what, 13 and 15? Yeah. Um, so we knew It that, never like, came to <laughs> It never came to fruition, fruition thank but. but we kind of knew that both of our heads thought similarly. Like, we were entrepreneurial people yeah. to begin with, so that was really cool. And then interior design popped up out of that, which was a kind of a blindsided passion that I found through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like passions are, are like they're driving forces. Like you said, it's just like, if you're not happy doing one thing and you find something else that you love doing, like you might have to disappoint some people and to make yourself happy. Well, and I just think like, I love your story is so fucking cool by the way. Um, and just how, like, if there's a lesson in there, it's that when you heard a no, it wasn't a no, it was a try again. And you tried again and then it ended up working, right? So many of us hear a no and it's like, okay, I'm scared. I don't want to, again, see our ego. Our ego can't take it. Our ego can't take the no. <laughs> and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm never going to I've done that so many times. When rejection hurts, nobody likes to be rejected. Mm -hmm. But, and I know this is so Pinteresty and cliche, but like often rejection is a redirection of something else is going to happen, right? And Correct, yeah. something else that I think comes from like, what I can like derive from your story is like you don't just have to have one thing that you love and I think I wish like this was more ingrained in me like not that it wasn't but like there wasn't ever like this conversation of like you know you can have your career but you, you're also allowed to have all these other passions or maybe you're you have a career that has all these like I don't know I just for so long thought it was like I have to pick one thing and this is what I have to do for the rest of my life and it's like that's not how it is anymore like thank god and and it, and if that is how it is for you that's fine right like if you're a doctor and that's what you like and that's what you want to do cool amazing god bless you right but like that's not the only thing you can that that you, that you have to do if you have multiple passions pursue them like figure out which one drives you even more and like which one potentially could grow and if something new comes up that you that that interests you like for you interior design like sparked your interest explore that like be curious about that like I think I don't know I just like I want my kids to know that they can do so many things like it doesn't have to be just one right. and also that you are allowed to change your mind like, you don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life if if one day and, you know, for a while it no longer is making you as happy as it once did. And mm -hmm. I think that's just, like, a great reminder to people is just, like, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to find new things that make you happy. You're allowed to pursue more than one thing at a time. So I guess just, like, to wrap this little segment up is just, like, what what little words of, of encouragement would you give to, to somebody who 
has no idea where to start. You know, it's just like, I don't, I don't, nothing sparks me, sparks my interest, or I just don't know exactly how to find my passion. Daniela, I know you said like, try different things, right? Like explore different things and see what, what fulfills you. But is there anything else we would add to that? I would say like, try to think back to when you were a kid, Mm. like what made you happy? Love that. What did you do? My sister has always, she's, she just graduated from nursing school but as a kid she was always the first person to attend to an injured bird or if you fell down while we were like playing outside and scraped your knee she'd run inside and get neosporin and a band-aid and like dress your wound whereas me I pass out when I see blood (laughs) yeah so like from the from the get-go my parents knew like okay she's Danielle's not gonna be (laughs) she's really just she's not gonna be a doctor that's not for her Courtney, let's nurture that. Let's push her, not push her, but like encourage her to really explore that side of herself. And like, I think when you're, when you're a little kid, you already know. Oh my gosh. You know what you want. Yeah. And you don't have to be, that's the thing is like, kids are so honest. Like they're so brutally honest because they have nothing to lose. They don't know about like playing Mm -hmm. games and, and lying and being shady yet. Like they don't have to do that yet. Right. And so it's like my therapist also talks about that like your inner like when you're hurting or when you know traumatic things happen in your life like often what's also hurting is like your inner child I know that sounds like weird but it's true like it's it's your inner child who's like hurting and who is feeling something that hasn't been attended to basically so it's like I love that advice of just like think about what you what you would do for free what what would you do if you just wanted to have fun what would you do if like money wasn't a problem what would you do if you were or what did you like to do when you were younger right it's so funny that you say that because when I think I've thought about this too and I would scrapbook I would write because I have always loved writing one day I want to write a book Mm -hmm. I'm manifesting that um but I would scrapbook all the time and and like you know kind of blog in a way like I would like cut Mm -hmm. out magazines and like this is what I don't know and it's just it's so crazy to think about it now So switching gears for a little bit, I just want to quickly touch on Danielle, when you and I first recorded, you know, the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement was like very recent and very real. And I think we were still seeing so much, so many people being so vocal online and so many people showing up online and so many people just being just amplifying way more black voices than I ever had seen on social media. Right. So I would love to hear Did you guys think when that movement was so strong and had so much momentum, did you feel like it, like that time was different or did you know that like eventually it was going to die down and like things are going to go back to quote unquote normal, which I hate to say that because like that normal was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I would just love to get like your perspective on how you felt in that moment and how we feel right now. So at the time it definitely felt different personally to me. Okay. Um, this was the first time that like I couldn't open social media without, without seeing, seeing something. Yeah. something. Yeah. Whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like all of the media platforms. Yeah. And um which was it was incredible, but at the same time it was like where has this been for the past like bittersweet 10, 15 20 years yeah. yeah and then yes i have seen obviously like people are going back to their everyday lives now um 
However, like at the time, I know that like millions of dollars were being donated in like to the right charity, to the right organizations. Yeah. Um, there are tons of brands who like now or like at the time, I remember being like sold out of their entire stock. And like that was the most beautiful thing to see because yes. like finally these brands are getting the recognition that they deserve in a like it, it was like a, a terrible way to do it. Yes. But um there's sort of like a, a light at the end of the tunnel sort mm-hmm. of feeling. Well, and so many black owned brands got their like boost in that. Mo- like I noticed this a few black owned brands that I, that I had been following for a while. They were maybe 2K on Instagram, like not many people knew of them. And then after being shouted out in so many, you know, follow these black owned brands or whatever it may be now it's like they're at 60k now and booming booming and i we love to see it right like you said the way that it happened it it shouldn't have been that way Mm -hmm. but we love to see it now that they're thriving you know exactly exactly this topic i feel like brings such a strong emotion to me i just remember feeling i guess so lost in that moment because everything just felt so uncertain Mm -hmm. and for this like huge polarizing pull to be happening while happening while everybody's stuck at home that's why all you can like all you can do is watch netflix go on social media or like check your temperature to make sure that you don't have covid so I think everybody was just staring at screens mm-hmm. all day long, mm-hmm. watching the news and on social media that, like Danielle said, like, it didn't matter what you were looking at. You were getting some sort of feed, new brand, somebody in the streets protesting. Yep. Like, there was so much going on that it was overwhelming. I know that I had to delete all of my socials I'm sure. multiple different times yeah, I'm to sure. just, like feel at peace yeah. I remember like roller skating around my neighborhood and calling my dad and just like crying I was so overwhelmed by the tension the strife the relief the stress of COVID like so all the many feelings at once. at once yeah. yeah so many things happening at once all of the uncertainty that it was almost hard to look on the bright side I know for me like it was really like I had a couple really hard conversations with my family about like my experience with racism growing up in a predominantly white world, whereas they, both of my parents are Jamaican and grew up in Jamaica and moved to the States as adults. Mm. So they didn't, they didn't, they experienced, I guess, colorism, which is another thing, but it was different. Yeah. They moved to America, experienced a bit of racism, but it didn't affect them as much because they didn't grow up with it. Right. So like, dealing with it as an adult or dealing with it as a kid and not really understanding what exactly is happening. What you were then, dealing with. Yeah, yeah. To then have this, like, like the majority of Huge. my white friends now being like, Oh, I get it now. That t- yeah. That time I called you an Oreo. Like oh, I shouldn't so have said that. that. Like, yeah. Oh, me touching your hair. Wait, that did it, did offensive. it, did people like, is this legit? Like people, like people in your life, that you had these interactions with oh for sure yeah i got messages from people that i hadn't heard from in years reaching out oh i just want to make sure you're okay like Mm -hmm. what was your what was your reaction to some of these messages like to the people at least saying i'm sorry i called you an oreo like 
that fucking <laughs> blows my mind. Like, what? I it was it was tough. I think the first couple of times it happened, I didn't respond well. Yeah, I was like, this is inappropriate. Like, please, like we yeah, we're don't. not we're not friends. Leave me please alone. Don't we're contact not me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then just because you're me... feeling guilty, I just, right. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it took me some time to acknowledge that people didn't see the world the way that I saw the world. Yes. So it was a very stark awakening for a lot of people. Yeah. And that, yes, that is a positive thing. Like, I did have to eventually, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel. That we are now, as a unified group, moving in a better direction. Yeah. Whereas, I think in what was it 2015 when the black lives matter movement started it was a lot of black people a lot of black people like shouting at the top of their lungs like guys please please listen help (laughs) just listen where now everybody like there were people of all walks of life supporting the black lives matter movement and now (laughs) it's almost funny I find it funny now that in advertisements, in, like, when you go down the toy aisle, yeah, like, the the faces that you see on the boxes are now brown. Like, it's almost everywhere you go, brown people are just, like, in your face, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, black people exist. So do you feel, I was going to ask about this, because I wanted to talk about what we still need to do more of in the beauty industry and I wanted to talk about the beauty industry just because of YGB and because we're you know in it in a way um but I was that's such a good point that because I noticed that as well too and it's like well a it's about fucking time and b I wonder if because obviously I am not black so I wonder if as a black woman when you see that do you feel like oh like love it or do you feel like it's tokenism in a way or is it both I feel the latter I feel yeah, like it's a bit of tokenism. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of tokenism it's, because it's we've always been here. Yeah, <laughs> right. I like don't. Dove, so, but then, all so of the, a sudden the has question their is right. No, and I hear you. I hear you. I would probably feel the same way. And so, my question is, like you're saying, it's it's almost too late, but but we still want to move in a better direction, right? So it's like, how can they do this, and how can they implement all ethnicities? Um, to make everybody feel inclusive as they should have been doing for years, you know? So I, I think this is like, and we've seen this, like, I feel like in, in like the beauty sphere on Instagram, Lisa, but like, it's just putting people of color in positions of power in these brands. Because there are all of these brands who everyone on the totem pole is white or a white male who like, who it, it, you know, it doesn't matter what the decision is. Like they get the final decision and they're going to put white people in their ads. And like all of a sudden there's this drastic movement. Oh, people are responding to this. So now we need to finally put one black person in an advert. Yeah. 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 I hear you. And so it's like, it's, if we had people of color making decisions, this wouldn't have been going on. I feel like, like, because there would have been a person that's like, uh, this This doesn't look ridiculous. Like this doesn't represent me. Yeah or people who look like me and we are everywhere so how can we make this better right and so i think that that's it's a huge it's like we just need to have people of color in In positions yeah so the the changes the changes go far deeper than making sure there's a black woman on an advertisement it goes goes Mm -hmm. way into internal 
structures of power. That is what, right. that is where there, there need to be more changes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think the socioeconomic impact of racism in this country also need to like reflect this shift that's happening, mm-hmm. which is again, why we started YGB Collective. Like we amplified 20 to 30 different black owned brands over the course of a year that is intended to bring those dollars into black homes yes. so they can like get out of the ghetto, they can feed their family, they can provide proper nutrients, they can provide education. And that is how you change a culture. That's how you change a system is through education, through like raising your people through that Maslow's hierarchy of needs so they can reach self-actualization and start self-love and self-appreciation and like really amplifying themselves as human beings and not just like a cog in the wheel yes it goes so much deeper than just you know being inclusive on campaigns and on and on all these things that we see it's so it goes so much deeper how do we feel right now um with i guess you know the movement yeah it's 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 I mean, wouldn't you agree, like, it's died down in a way? Which, like, of course, um, I think it would have been foolish to expect that a movement of that magnitude and all of this, every all the voices that we were hearing and all the posts and all the... Like, I think it would have been foolish to expect that that was going to continue at that level for for every single day, right? Um, so how do we feel today, right now, April... What is it? April 4th or April 3rd, 2021, <laughs> How do we feel right now? What do we need to see more of still, aside from having more uh, women of color and people of color in positions of power? What can we do more of and what can we see more of still? I, I guess we can target more like the beauty industry. Oh, God, this is a tough one. Um, Danielle, do you know how you're feeling right now? I feel like... Um, I feel like I've gotten back into like the groove of normalcy where I'm still going to sometimes be the only black woman in a room and I think after the madness of 2020 I'm like rebuilding my confidence Mm -hmm. which I have noticed a huge like a drastic drop in my confidence and that has to do with a whole slew of things like my career change my move like all of these unprecedented things that I could not have prepared for yeah but knowing that YGB Collective is moving our mission forward and moving Black Lives Matter like platform forward and yeah. amplifying Black voices that are have been marginalized for so long. That's all I can do. That's yes. all I can do. I yeah. can. I can't protest every single day. Like no, I can't. Like there only there's only so much that I can do. But as long as I'm making active, impactful steps every day then I, I feel good. Yes. I feel good about it. I love that. And I, I, I hear her and I like, that's, that's how I feel as well. I feel like every morning I'm waking up and I know that I am, that we are working in this business for a good cause, for a yes. good reason, for ourselves, for people who look like us, for my daughter. I love that she wakes up and she sees that I'm working and, and, you know, the other day she told me, mommy, I want to be, I want to be a businesswoman like you one day. I'm going to own the businesses when you get older. And yeah, it's like, like, oh, I have a Zoom meeting. I'm <laughs> <laughs> she was in our episode last time. That was the I part that hurt was. me the most. I was like, oh, Noelle's cameo. 
Yeah, and so she's like, oh, you and Godmommy are working again. Danielle's Godmommy. And so it's like... I love that so much. You guys are always working. And so it's like, it's knowing that I am doing as much as I can to help, like, myself, like, feel better, have my, uh, you know, just, like, I'm doing the most that I can to, like, protect my mental well-being while also trying to leave an impact on the world yes and that's i mean what more can you do right you're yeah. i mean you guys are killing it obviously and speaking of of how you care for yourself and showing up for yourself i always like to tie in um self-love and and self-acceptance or whatever it may be um into the episodes because that's just something that i work on like every day of my life um and i would love to know how you guys like what does because for me the definition changes all the time and sometimes I can say self-love and sometimes I can say self-acceptance because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't I don't love this, you know, but sometimes <laughs> I, ac- I accept it for the most part. But anyway, so I would love to know, you know, what does that mean to you right now? What does self-love mean to you? How do you show up for yourself right now, right now? And yeah, what's been making you feel like you can be your own friend, you know? Mm, I love that. Um, I would say, I think for me, the biggest work is like not living in my feelings Mm. so knowing that feelings come and go and yes in 10 minutes I can feel something completely different so if I'm feeling bad all like all I have to do is focus my mind on trying to make myself feel better whether that's going to get a manicure going for a run or calling my best friend or like going to work on YGB going to a workout class doing something challenging that's going to just change my energy and change my mood I think that's my biggest work that I'm doing so yeah that's like the self-acceptance is like okay I feel like shit right now but like what can I do to make myself feel better I love that because I always I always go back to this too it's is people are so scared of their feelings and that's a whole other conversation as to why and by people I also include myself in there um but feelings are just visitors right like whether they're Mm -hmm. good or bad all of them, all of them are just visiting you. And we're so quick to accept the good ones, but we suppress the bad ones because nobody wants to deal with bad shit and negative feelings. Like who does, right? The problem with that is if you don't deal with them and you suppress and suppress, like that's fine. It might work for you for a while, but that shit will come banging on your door louder and louder. And then it won't be as easy as if you would have dealt with it the first time, right? So I love that you said that because I think it's something people are fearful of. And I was until it took me 28 years to accept my shit, you know? Like, so it's, that's a big one. I think that the way, like, I provide, like, self-love or self-acceptance, I, like, try to create, like, a 30 minute period of space for myself either first thing in the morning or like just at some point during the day where I'm like by myself not doing anything work related or like mm. you know um noel related or like just completely like by myself listening time. to like yeah. yeah listening to like music that I love cooking like a meal for myself just because or like just sitting outside and like listening to Nate like I and it's been really like there's not every day that I can do that because there's just so much going on yeah but the times that I am able to do that I like 
am able to self-reflect and like see how far that I've come in like the last five years since my daughter was born and so it's like those are like beautiful moments for me that I'm like you might not like this about yourself or like you know you looked in the mirror and uh, you got a new zit today and you have to record this campaign and like you're not going to do it until next week because my face is ugly um but then there's like these moments where I'm like you have come so far and you have to be you have to just like celebrate the little successes and so Amen. that is always Grateful. like my yeah I love so that and that's, grateful. I feel like that's also something that we don't do enough right like yeah. we don't we don't celebrate our own I'm all about the little things I'll make the biggest fucking deal out of the smallest win because what is life if not that like am I only am I only going to celebrate these big ass milestones that happen every so often like what a boring way to live in my opinion I'm sorry and I I used to be this way like I used to be just so like focused on the big stuff and just it took me going through a lot of shit and hitting low points to be like life is about the small beautiful moments and it's all about in my opinion like romanticizing the little parts of your day and making getting your fucking coffee in the morning going on the walk stretching in bed like whatever it is the little things making those as special as possible and celebrating the fact that you can do those things because if you think about it like those are the things that make up your days that make up your weeks that make up your months that are ultimately making up your life right so if you're only celebrating this these huge ass moments like that's those are so few moments of bliss that you're giving yourself you know yeah, so yeah. I, I love, I love that you said that. I have, sorry, one more question. Um, and this is just, I would just love to know, and I'm sorry if this is personal, but do you have, and I'm sure you do, but do you have conversations with Noel, you know, about, for example, when the Black Lives Matter movement uh, happened last, or when it re, re, uh, I can't speak, Research. when it re, resurgence, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it had its resurgence last summer. Yes. What are the conversations like that with her? Like, what are you saying to her? Does she understand what's happening? Um, yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit about that. It's actually really interesting that you asked that. I, um, It's not easy for me to have those conversations with her, but her dad is, like, very into, like, we know that she's a kid, but she's also incredibly intelligent. And so she knows when, like, mom's having a bad day dad's having a bad day she knows like when stuff is on the news and like people's mindsets change right um and so he is and this is why I'm like very lucky to have a partner who you know you can't do everything and so I'm, no. I'm like super lucky in that he knows how to talk to her about the tough things it's hard for me because like I don't want to get emotional and like have mm. you know start breaking down and um so yeah so it's like I don't have those conversations with her per se but like we'll read books we'll read articles um NPR Um, has this podcast called the life kit um and it's basically like parenting and so they like break down um they break down like how to talk about tough issues with your kids and it's like it's very helpful and she'll listen to it with us and yeah and so sorry Mm -hmm. sorry go ahead no, no go ahead no go ahead I was going to ask for both the, for both of you, like, can you remember a time, and this is my last question, sorry, I just, this, yeah, yeah. I wish we could <laughs> talk for, like, three more hours. Yeah. Um, do you remember a time 
that stands out to you where your family or someone in your life had that conversation with you about racism and about what you might encounter or why maybe somebody treated you the way they did or why somebody said something to you the way they did or can you remember a moment um and I almost I just want people to hear this and all me as well because obviously I I'm Latina but I am white so I have every I have all the privileges of a white woman in America you know and I I know that but I just want people to hear this because it's impactful as fuck and it's also just it gets me also just in my feels because it's so unfair you know I think it's so fucked up and it's so unfair and there's just so much work that still needs to be done um but I would love to hear you know just a moment that if you guys don't mind sharing that was impactful for you where you realize like okay I'm gonna have to like deal with this shit for a while you know so my moment I and I remember this like it was yesterday and it's so crazy I was in second grade at no um Danielle and I went to the same elementary school but I was in second grade and um we were taking yearbook photos and so this was back in like 96 97 maybe where yearbooks were still in black and white Mm -hmm. um the yearbook came back and the photographer didn't know how to take a picture of me so like in the yearbook in everyone's yearbook my face was completely black like you couldn't see any of my characteristics in everyone's yearbook in the school and I just remember my mom came into the school the next day and like just raised hell. She was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen. And they like were, they were like, so they didn't even like, until she brought that up, I feel like they didn't even realize think they that did there was a problem. Wrong. Like, yeah, because they printed it for the whole school and they weren't like, oh, they didn't say anything to me. I just saw it and I was like, okay, no one can see my face. Um, she, I just remember she was so angry and I still shake because I remember her being so angry and um, they like had a new photographer come and take my picture and like they gave me a new yearbook and they like also gave me a water slide that year I was like this is a present for what you did to like my pick I don't know it was just like is this supposed to help the whole solution like and that was my first like wow okay I'm different yeah and this is something that I'm gonna have to deal with growing up um I'm sure that hits home for you in a different way now that you have a daughter. And yeah. I'm sure it's like you thinking of her having to experience that is probably like, like makes you lose yeah. your shit as, as yeah. any person would. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. That's fucking crazy. I, that, <laughs> here's a water, here's a water slide. Here's a water slide. Figure, like, like, I'm what? sorry. We couldn't figure it out. Yeah. 800 well, shows in the how much and it was just, it, ignorance I mean in general but also just like the inability to deal with the situation to like give you a water before it became an issue what like you're telling me this photographer had never photographed a black child before I was in that same yearbook (laughs) yeah like (laughs) I was just gonna ask were you the only like black girl in your entire grade and your entire school we went to a pretty brown school pretty brown school yeah it's wild yeah, no, that was, I definitely still, re- I do remember that. Like, I have that yearbook in my mm-hmm. house. 
So I don't. She's not lying. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe um, you. I would say that my like it's not one specific event. It's kind of like a series of things. So I mm-hmm. grew up doing ballet at a mm-hmm. strict ballet school with South African teachers who like they were very strict. Like you are at seven years old, like I wasn't allowed to do anything but ballet. Like if we wow. had, we weren't allowed to go to soccer camp. We weren't allowed to go to gymnastics camp. Like we had to go to their ballet camp at that point in my life. I loved it. I could not see myself doing anything but being a ballerina. All I wanted to do was be a ballerina. I'd walk around the city, like, like with my head held high, like always yeah. just like practicing postures <laughs> and like ridiculous. Like I was yeah. <laughs> too much, yeah. but I remember like I had natural hair at that time and my ballet teachers were like, you need a slick back bun and you have to wear pink tights and pink ballet shoes. That was like our uniform. Everybody did the same thing. So Mm -hmm. like I did the same thing. I wore pink tights and pink shoes and like my mom tried her best to slick my hair back. I have curly hair. It doesn't matter how, like right now I have no hair, but it doesn't matter how tight I pull my curls. Like I'm still going to have little, little ones that pop up. Didn't yeah. matter how much gel, like after six hours of rehearsal, like my hair is going to get frizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom took me to get my first relaxer at maybe seven or eight so I could slick back my hair. So that was the intention of me chemically straightening my hair at seven years old. Um, And then sometimes I would put braids in my hair and my bun would be super big and like out of like, just like huge because it's a lot of extra hair that's on my head. And like my friends would like touch my hair and play with my hair. And like my hair was always the center of attention for this thing that I was required to do. Um, And then we, one of my last nutcrackers I got the same parts as I got the last year when everybody else got new parts. And like, I was one of the senior students at the school. Like we're a small group of kids. Like we usually just like trade roles every year. So everybody can experience the same things. And I had one of the parents of another kid who also was black and they were like, Danielle, like you're not being challenged enough. Like you're so good. And like, you have so much potential. Like you absolutely should have been Clara. Like you absolutely should have been Sugar Plum, which those are the high, like every dancer wants to be those two roles. And I never got the opportunity to be those roles when it was very safe to say that I had the talent. I had the technique. I had grown up at that studio and was never given that opportunity. And the parent was like, this is because you're like, I hate to say it to you, but like, this is because you're black. Like a black Clara doesn't read because the story is a white story. A black sugar plum doesn't read because like I was always cast as a boy. I was always cast as like the Spanish queen or like I was the jester. I was like, this was a role that was completely made up for me. Like there was never a jester before, but they didn't, they wanted me to have a special part, but didn't know what part, what, yeah, what part was next for me. So they created an entirely new role and like made it a huge deal because it was a new part for you. But like, all I wanted was Clara. (laughs) All I wanted was to be the snow queen. All I wanted was the parts that everybody else had the opportunity to be. 
and like that was the majority of my training and like I'm so grateful for like that studio and those teachers because they pushed me hard and I am the dancer that I am because of them but Mm -hmm. to now think back and be like wow that's why (laughs) yeah oh shit I'm sure I'm sure yeah I'm sure it's crazy right Mm -hmm. like I can't even obviously imagine but just seems like I hope there are I hope the Clara right now that they're putting in those shoes I hope she's black and I hope one of them like they better fucking switch that up we, we need to right. check and see what they're doing now yeah and I hope she's Go wearing check brown on the sugar tights plum and I and, hope that yes. she's wearing brown point shoes because it's supposed to be an extension of your body not cut your lines off which right is, right like I didn't realize that that was the intention of pink tights I just thought tights were pink because they were ballet they're pink, pink. yeah yeah mm-hmm. I didn't like I didn't realize it was supposed to be my leg because it certainly was not yeah oh my gosh so crazy mm-hmm. so so crazy well thank you guys both for sharing that with me that's <sighs> just hope there's changes hope those these things continue to change yeah. you know but um I loved this episode with you guys. I could literally keep talking to you, but Zoom keeps cutting (laughs) us out, which is so rude. Um, But I'm so glad that we were finally able to record, and I would love to have you guys back so we can continue diving deep into more of these topics that I just, like, love to explore and love to chat about. And um, I will be unboxing my new YGB Collective box today. So whenever you guys are hearing this, it's already on my stories, but I've already (laughs) unboxed the other two. I should see that on my highlights, actually, so that people can go back and stock them. Um, but yeah, check out YGB Collective. Everything is going to be tagged and check out the Daniels, both of them. And thank you guys so much for coming on. I fucking loved this episode and yeah, I just can't wait to see you guys continue to kill it. Thank you for having us, Lisa. This has been amazing. It was fun and emotionally (laughs) draining. Emotionally draining. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to need to go sit in the bathtub. No, was it not fun? No, it was amazing. They're just conversations that I haven't had in a while, and it's refreshing. And I think it's it's also so important to have these conversations. So, yeah. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.